1: Hey, welcome back to yet another Unveiling Grace podcast. We're delighted you're with us. This one might be a little bit different. I'm Joel Grote, here with Lynn Wilder, who's gonna introduce our guests. But we also have, um, we're not gonna name them all, but people listening in on the audience. So we're doing this podcast with a live audience. So if you hear any noise in the background, it is not Lynn and I's fault. It's the audience being unruly. So (laughs) just to let you know that's what's happening. But, yeah, we're here. You tell them. So, um,
0: <laughs> yeah, we have with us Linda today, Linda Baldwin. And Linda and I have talked a little over the last, I don't know, since 2014.
2: Two that's, wow.
1: Okay. Yeah. So real. that's five yes. years.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: <clears throat> She's
2: had an exciting uh, life with religion. So, yes. yeah, yes, tell I us. Have how it all began okay well um, I was actually born under the covenant as Mormons will say okay Um, and um, I was in the church 52 plus years Um, came out of Mormonism in 2014 probably about January of 2014 Um, but uh, with my my family had a wonderful I have a wonderful family that I grew up in. Uh, We were sealed in the Salt Lake Temple probably when I was like five years old. Wow! Um, So, so
1: by and large, a positive growing up experience. Oh yeah, within the church. Okay. um,
2: Yes. um, And where where did you live growing up? um, Indianapolis in the Indianapolis area. So it went to Salt Lake North Stake and South Stake. What?
1: So, but you went all the way to Salt Lake City to be sealed. We
2: had to at some point. Yeah. Uh Okay because they didn't have Mm -hmm. Washington DC temple or any of the other temples. I think that was, I don't know, was that the closest one? I don't know. Back in, yeah.
1: Okay, all right.
2: So, and then, so I actually came from a family that was fifth, sixth generation Mormons on my mother's side. All right, so. Long history. Right, and then, um, so, and then after I graduated from high school, And um, was going to college, but I was waiting. Also, I was waiting for my boyfriend who had joined the church. Okay. And I waited those two years for him Um, to go on his mission and come come back. back. Okay. (laughs) How they say I waited those two honking years. Yeah. So, and then we got married on July twenty fourth, nineteen eighty one. That was actually Pioneer's Day in Utah.
1: Yes, oh, that's, that's, right. a, that's, yes. A, that's a that's like, that's a national people. celebration, it's
2: bigger than Fourth of July, yes. almost bigger than. Wait, Pi. why would you right.
1: get married on? Oh, near well, you but we did
2: But we didn't go. Well, I'm, that's what Scott had planned. I oh, mean, he, okay. He, so he, that was like, his yeah, choice. that was okay. Yeah. All right. But we got married at um, in the Washington D.C. Temple. Okay. So. We weren't in Utah. All
1: right. Yeah.
2: So
0: for the Christians that don't know, July 24th is the day that Brigham Young rolled into the Salt Lake Valley. Right. Yes. With the Saints. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. I,
2: I, I guess they make a real big, you know. A oh, real they, big do. Deal. Yes. they do. Yes. Huge. Yeah. But I've never been there for that. Okay. That's okay. So and then we so we start we started our lives and um, just you know going full speed ahead um was married for 17 years um i have five beautiful amazing children um born under the
0: covenant
2: yes all born under the covenant and um and then scott started um well he was going to undergrad and then um got accepted into dental school okay so he was and then became a dentist Graduated in 1988, and by that time we had our third child, which was our first boy. And do I need to tell my kids' names? Or no, will oh, we'll leave <laughs> That's okay. We'll leave yep. that out for right now. It depends okay. on whether they'll talk to you. Yeah, again yeah. Um, <laughs> it's okay. So, um, so you know, we were we were completely, we were incredibly busy, and especially within the church. I mean, it, it was never ending. Um, and really not a lot of time to breathe in between, you know, having the practice and having all these different callings in within the church right. and raising our families I'm and saying, having, were your kids involved in sports babies. at all. Yes, they were. Yep. So, yep. Yep. So we were just
1: flying through life at a hundred yes, miles an hour. Yes, Don't blink exactly. cause yeah.
2: I, we'll I can't to that at all. <laughs> Yeah.
1: And I sense that there's a, there's a big, and something changed.
2: Something drastically changed. Um, well, a couple of things drastically changed, but when, um, back, uh, let's see, March 12th of 1998, um, Scott was killed in a plane crash.
1: Oh man, I'm sorry. My husband was killed
2: in a plane crash and, um. We, you know, we, we were just booming as practice was bo- booming. I was pregnant with our fifth. Um,
1: wow. And
2: it just completely, completely devastated me and, and our family and um, just turned our worlds upside down. And. Um, yeah. And so, you know, it, it's a big undertaking even, even today to have me speak about it, you know, it's, it's tough. Yeah. Um, were you angry with Heavenly Father? No. And and I think that was one thing that really kind of saved me because I could have been angry, but I gosh, I didn't to do this. Um, but I did not want to be selfish because I because you know I had these four little babies and pregnant with our fifth yeah I, I, so how was, old is your oldest at that point um jessica she she uh she was in ninth grade so the kids were in it was ninth grade seventh grade fourth grade second grade and pregnant four and a half months pregnant <sighs> wow and um yeah and um so it to answer your question i i could not be angry because that was the only thing that I had left, the only hope that I had left. And, and I was so scared um, and so devastated and so depressed and just um, immobilized. And um, uh, so, it, so I had to be the bigger person. It was like you either lose ground or go under or you stay on top. And I knew as a mother that I needed to stay on top of my game. Right. So and truly, that that was the one thing that um, that just really guided me at, at this yeah. time. So, so you clung keeping the family to together. The I, I clung, Yes, mm-hmm. I I did. Um, and and you know the the church was really fabulous there again. You know, trying to help as much as they could to to a certain point. Um, But other things kind of started kind of of weaving in and out with me. Um, It it was just, you know, so devastating with um, just trying to want to carry on with my family being a single, widowed mother now and getting the kids ready and prepared and everything. To go to church on Sundays, and I was nursing, and it was just oh, yeah, and and with I mean that's a getting else, up at
1: five in the morning ordeal to make it there if you had early, if yeah. you had an early service. Yeah, I mean, well, I probably I, not five, but it was. It yeah. takes hours.
2: It does because you want everything to be perfect. You want the you know the your your daughters to have the beautiful curls. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yep>. I mean, <laughs> I don't know, but um, yeah, so it it was really very difficult for me and there were times you know i had different people would say certain things but it, it would make me feel kind of guilty because they would say well you know where scott's at you know like um in the celestial kingdom so you know you need to make sure that you're staying on a certain path to oh wow to. yeah so th- that kind of crept into i mean so many things were being said and so and and I just felt like I was judged unfairly sometimes. Felt that.
1: Yeah, well, that's a lot of pressure.
2: It is. You know, because I also um, just just being completely exhausted and tired of being trying to play the role of mom and dad. It, it was so tough, and it was yeah. exhausting. So there were times that, you know, that. I just slept in with the kids on yep. Sunday. Mm-hmm. And, um... Did as, you have any family support? Oh, I... Well, I did, but they would be, like, on the other side of town or... Um... Mm-hmm. But, yeah, my, my mother was a great support. My dad was already deceased, but, um...
1: But no one's no one's uh, going to show up at seven thirty in the morning to help you get your kids ready for church, right? Or be there Saturday night to get stuff ready right. and laid out. it was out more and, just
2: like you know the it was just like you know you know stay on top of your game do 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 do. Mm-hmm. I mean the list is like really it, yeah. it's never ending, and um, and it was just as I've stated before just exhausting. Um, Did you have to work afterwards or were you taken care of financially? I I was taken care of um, financially. Oh, that's a
0: blessing, yeah. It it
2: was until I remarried, (laughs) so uh, I don't know how much to say about that. But I mean, there. You get there to was, go. You get
1: to go wherever you want to go, okay, and wherever you want to stay away okay. from. You get to stay as far away as you want. Okay. So.
2: Well, I calm. mean, there was basically. I had um, remarried, and there was uh, a tremendous amount of financial abuse that happened. Um, within with what, the, you married with within the my church. My deceased husband left me. Pardon okay. me. you married within
1: the church then? Married yes. another Mormon? Okay.
2: Oh, you mean the second time? Uh-huh. Yeah. No. Okay. No, absolutely not. No. And um, so. Um, that uh, didn't end well. Um, and it again turned my world upside down financially. So it, it was really tough to pick up the pieces there. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, so, but I continued to stay as strong as I could um, and continued to raise the kids. Within the church, but it, but it became even tough on my kids because they, you know, started asking questions a little bit. Um, but I, I kept going moving questions forward. Questions
1: about the religious system, um, about life, about
2: well, my my oldest was asking questions about um, you know spirituality and mm-hmm. um, and then there there were there were. A few people that like she she gave a talk on a on a Sunday and it was a beautiful it was a really beautiful talk and she worked really hard on it and then this there, is your oldest yeah this mm-hmm. is my oldest and then there were just you know some priesthood holders that they they were more um, concerned about how short her skirt was than listening to the talk
1: mm. and
2: I mean that was. You know that didn't.
1: Yeah, that doesn't. So again, judgment,
2: judgmental judgmental. feeling. Yeah, and you know there there was plenty of that, but I but were the tables really turned for me to really get me to start questioning things and and now I actually thank the church for doing this, Um, but before I explain that, you know how you hear um, a lot of uh, people that are questioning the church um, or that have come out and they say things like well it was never anything that i did like i you know i wasn't smoking i wasn't drinking i wasn't doing mm-hmm. anything that would cause me to leave the church for those reasons
1: right mm-hmm. and yep. and, I, and i
2: had that as well but where i side differently is i am i was angry at the the church for the way that they, I felt like they mistreated my son, um, my younger son, because he was denied going on a mission. Um, wow! And this is where everything started to unravel for me because you had to know um, through the years as I was raising these amazing, incredible kids of mine, um, such such good kids. I I did have a son that. Um, You know, he, with not having his father there, not, and that was the one thing that I was so concerned about is, especially for my sons, is because they did not have the influence of their father at Mm -hmm. all. Now, I had the same concern for my daughters, but not as much because they have the strength of me.
1: Right, exactly. And I
2: have very strong daughters.
1: Okay. (laughs) So,
2: but, and and I've always said, I know how to be a good uh, mother, but I'm, you know, not a, strong father figure so I was always concerned about that and and I knew that my sons would have a tougher way to go I always felt that and they did have a tougher way to go and so my youngest son he he um got into some drugs and got into you know drinking Mm -hmm. and and it was just tough for him and and he was um he felt so lost and um Then, you know, and I just kept fervently praying, because I always obviously prayed for my children and, you know, being a single mother and being the matriarch, and uh, I kept praying for Jordan to have something, a turnaround for him. Yeah. And um, I think one evening, it may have been about, actually about 2 a.m. in the morning, and my, my son was having a really difficult time.
1: And he's like how old at this time? Yeah. At,
2: at this point he is probably I think he's maybe 23 23. Okay. Yeah. And um, he was having a really tough time and I think he was really kind of thinking about not being here anymore. Yeah. And I had I was in my bedroom and I had been going through a lot of pictures and stuff and one of the pictures I had was like an 8 by 10 of my deceased husband. And and I, you know, it was, things were just kind of scattered all over. I was just trying to organize a little bit. And and so there was a picture of Scott on the floor. And um, Jordan walked into my room. And, and, of course, I wasn't really startled because I, I knew it was him. But just tears just pouring down his face. And he just he got on the floor and he wept and um, I went over there you know said what's wrong and he told me what he was thinking about doing and you know his last straw was to pray to God and then when he opened the door and saw the the picture of his dad on the floor that changed things for him Uh, he knew he felt like that was a sign
0: oh and um, reaching
2: out to him right and and so this so in telling you that Things were starting to drastically change for Jordan, for me as a mother, in a positive way because he, you know, he wanted to clean up and not do what he was doing before. Right. And, um, and so he was really working hard on doing all this and you got to realize this was a kid that, um, you know, grew up in the church, he knew all the primary songs, and one of them was, I hope they call me on a mission when I've right. grown a foot or two, mm-hmm. to preach and teach, and, and, you know, he so he knew he knew that, and had been, I don't know if you want to say brainwashed by that, but that's... Right, but it's he, certainly, he,
1: firmly, I mean, that becomes part of a kid's psyche, expectation, Yes. When life works, this is what it looks like to have life work.
0: Right. Well, and especially if he's trying to get his life together, that's exactly where he needs to go, right? Right. right. And he brain. wanted to
2: do, he wanted to follow in his dad's footsteps. Yeah. Because his dad served a mission. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So so that's where we were going. And Jordan did a complete turnaround with his life, a complete turnaround. And he was going to church with me and to, you know, to sacrament. And um, they and everybody they absolutely loved him he gave an amazing talk one sacrament i I had people talking about this talk that he had given like a month after that i mean it it was it was just a really pretty pretty powerful and you had to know his personality because he's this tall dark good-looking kid with this amazing personality and um and i thought and so many people said if if anybody can get Um, anybody to join the church it would be my son so um so he'd been working really hard on getting himself prepared and I had gone out and got him two suits and you know there's certain processes that they have to go through and 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 I think and I just felt like the church and a a lot of the the men I, I felt like the priesthood they kept looking at my family because they're not seeing they're not seeing a dad in the home they're not seeing a priesthood holder there they're not seeing you know we weren't the nuclear mormon good right. family mm-hmm. anymore that's that's what i was feeling and it and it wasn't just what i was feeling it it was truth right. in my opinion
1: yeah your family no longer measured up to the ideal standard
2: right because the dad was no longer there I mean that, that was just one of the things. Um, so, um, so Jordan was meeting with the bishop at that time, and um, uh, and then he was meeting with. They they wanted him to meet with the social service um, within the church. What is it? Is yeah, that what LDS called? Social Services. LDS Social Services, mm-hmm. and based upon Jordan telling the truth about everything in his life. And also, this kid had tattoos from here up, just from here up. Mm-hmm. But they all signified beautiful meetings and some about his dad and the plane crash and, and actually uh, Psalms uh, scripture. And the, um, But anyway, so, um, but based upon what Jordan told, and he was very um, transparent, yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Um, that, that LDS, Social Service, they, they made a de- decision based upon what he said and then went back to the bishop and you know where it goes from there. Um, I, I knew what was coming down because I'd been a member for 52 plus years, but my yeah. son had not always been active. Right. But I, I could tell that Sunday when I walked in that thing, I, I just felt it within within my soul that he wasn't going to get to go. But he didn't know that yet. But I already knew as a mother. Yeah. I I, I just felt it in my yep. bones. In M- Moms
1: just have that sense sometimes. Yep. It's just, yeah.
2: And so, and I know that, so Bishop wanted to meet with him afterwards and, um, and I just, I, I went home after sacrament and just kind of braced myself because I, I knew what was going to happen. And um, so probably about an hour later, Jordan, he comes through the door and um, very upset, just sobbing, just sobbing, threw the quad down on the kitchen table and went in fetal position and said, uh. mom, I've been denied going on a mission. Uh. And, um, and he goes, and they told me, he said, they told me that I've been exempt from serving a mission. And he goes, you know, what, what does that mean? He used a few choice words because he was so distraught and upset because he did a complete turnaround. And, um, um, at, at that point, um, my, my older son came home because my, he, my, uh, my younger son locked himself in his room because he was just so upset. So. My other, my yep. older son was able to get in there and just to see my older son cradling and hugging his, his brother, mm. you know. good Father figure. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, and, and my son's, my older son was just like, Mom, tell me who this bishop is. He goes, because I want him to tell me to my face why my brother isn't good enough to go on a mission he goes, he's gonna tell me to my face. Well, I knew that he couldn't know who he was or where he lived or anything. It just was it was not a good scene. So but just yeah. trying to get things mm-hmm. under and you know everything. Yeah, that's enough. a very male thing to do. Yes. Oh, yeah. Very male. A, absolutely. Yes, and so protect and, the sun and deal with it and Right. And I'm everybody's journeys a bad so thing. different. So my story's completely different from a lot of people's. So um, But, um, and so that, that was the beginnings because, and my son also said, oh yeah, mom, you're, you're not to, you're not supposed to know that I've been exempt from serving a mission. It's like, that didn't make sense to me. I'm going to know. Right. So, so anyway, I, I, I was pretty upset, obviously. Um, and so I, I had called the bishop and, and basically told him, you know, I was so upset that I said, "You can take my names off the prayer. Uh, you can take my names off the church mm-hmm. records of the church, and I don't want priesthood holders coming to my home anymore." And you know, you're gonna you're gonna sit down with me, and we're gonna we're gonna talk. And basically, I, I think I had a talk maybe a, a week later or whatever. But um, the gist of it was, is I had like an eight by ten of my deceased husband, a picture that I took in there, set it on the bishop's desk, and I said, the problem is, is everyone here thinks that there isn't a man within our home, that there's not a priesthood holder within the home. I said, he's just on the other side. And I said, here he is, right here.
1: And That's all we have time for for this episode. But join us next time as Linda concludes her story and moves into hope and relationship with Jesus Christ outside the bounds of her performance-based religion. On behalf of High, grace and peace. Thanks for being with us on this episode.
0: Thank you for listening to the Unveiling Grace podcast.